officially started. All right. All right. Welcome, to the, welcome back to the Black Dogs Matters podcast. Today, guys, um, I have Derek Thomas here with me today, and we're going to be interviewing Richard Birch on our From the Dog Smile segment. For those who don't know what this segment is or if this is your first time listening, it's essentially what you do get to hear from the Bulldog's mouth. You hear all these stories about these athletes or you have sometimes hear these improper narratives about these guys. You get to hear from them, and they get to tell you these stories about things that are happening inside the locker room, and then at the same time, what's really going on with their lives. You don't get to hear about it through the message boards or through some media person saying what they've done. They get to tell it themselves from their point of view. So that's what From the Dog's Mouth is really about. So let's go ahead and get started. So Richard, uh, first, man, just welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you, man. All right, so let's get started. So let's get started. Uh, Let's just start, like, at the beginning. That's what I always like to do. Let's... Let's talk about you just coming to Mississippi State. Uh, talk about that recruiting process. Who all was uh, looking at you other than Mississippi State and why you ultimately decided to become a Bulldog? Well, uh, you got me thinking back now, but uh, <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much all the, uh, the SEC schools, pretty much, man, I, I, the, a lot of them, everybody, just about everybody's name, man, they were, they were sending letters and calling and different things. Man, I got like, I got like five shoeboxes, size fifteen at the house full of letters. Man. So it's <laughs> like, you gotta take your pick, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, it, it, was, it was several of them. But as far as just the, uh, the experience, uh, with like the visits and why I chose, like, uh, you know, I went to two different. I went. I only took two of my trips. I, I took a trip to Ole Miss and the Mississippi State because uh, I was pretty sure I was gonna go in state because my my family has always been a big supporter of my, my playing ball, and uh, I didn't want to put too much traveling stress on them to be able to come to the game. So I went to Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and uh, as far as the uh, the trip to Ole Miss, like I, you know, I just get a feel for. A, a person or a group of people, and you know, you, you, not to say not to the type of people, but just the way they kind of carry themselves ain't necessarily how you see yourself fitting in. And uh, or at least that was that's, that was the case for me as far as dealing with Ole Miss. And then uh, Mississippi State had a more down home feeling, and uh, you know, it was a better feel for me. So that's how kind of how I have it to a plus, you know. Uh, I graduated with Jerry Norwood, and uh, that was uh, that was where he was going. So it just kind of made the decision a little easier. Okay, because right, y'all were teammates in high school out of Brandon High. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, uh, we didn't ask Dale one too much about the recruiting stuff. Any interesting story he had? Because he, I know he had the distinction of being the highest-rated player ever to come to Mississippi, end up signing with Mississippi State, but. Are there any interesting stories from recruiting as far as something that somebody said to you or promised to you that you not necessarily money that you were like, hmm, really out of that you kind of really just couldn't believe that they even would go there? A coach was promised that was like outlandish. I know Dale Warren said he was promised that he would play linebacker at Mississippi State. He said he was in the linebacker room for one day, even though he was 290 pounds. So was there anything crazy that coach <laughs> promised you? <laughs> Well, uh, I, I I guess you could say I, I wouldn't necessarily call it crazy, but uh, you know, considering hindsight, like the, the schedule that, that we had with football, like I didn't really have much time 
for what, what they talked about, which was uh, actually being able to play in the band while I was up there. Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was a band in high school where I played snatch on. And, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they wouldn't allow me to, uh, you know, visit with the band director and sit with the band and pep rally at uh, one of the pep rally, not pep rally, one of the basketball games. And, uh, you know, kind of, Lack of better words, hype me up on the uh, on being able to play with play the drums or whatever. But uh, like I said, when I got there, it wasn't a situation where I really even had time to do it. So much of my time. So you got a chance to play? Did you have a good chance to play with the band at basketball games? No, 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 no. I didn't know the music. Man. I just I kind of sat with them and you know chopped up with them a little bit, and uh, most of it was just. Watching. All right. So, um, go ahead, Jeremiah. No, nah, what I was going to say is, it's kind of similar. It's not quite the same. Have you ever seen the movie The Program? The Program. The program. The program. Is that what I, with Jamie Foxx? No, nah, you're talking about Any Given Sunday. That's Any Given Sunday. It was the one with Omar Epps. With uh, Omar Epps. They had the linebacker that was on, not the linebacker, the defense lineman that was on steroids. I- uh, Latimer. The point I was going to make, uh, there's a part in the movie, like at the beginning of the movie, they were recruiting this kid. He was a game-breaking running back. They had a running back that was kind of slow, so they brought him in. They did all the bells and whistles to recruit him. Then he get there, he was like, man, what happened to all this stuff that y'all, like, had before? He was like, man, he's just another worm, you know, <laughs> freshman now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff don't be, you know, they give you all that stuff. And so it seems like that's kind of what they do to all y'all, especially if you highly rated. Um, yeah, yeah. Get there. yeah, man. Yeah, it, they definitely do that. And, uh, which, I mean, I guess it ain't outside the rules, per se. So it ain't, uh, and sometimes the guys, they get, they get what, they, uh, what they're looking for, especially, like, you know, like, uh, a Julius Peppers type situation where he was able to play basketball and uh, mm-hmm. football, but you know, I it just didn't work out for me. Very attributed to too much fighting in our season too, but uh, we're gonna go there. Did all right. So you get to Mississippi State. Um, did you redshirt your true freshman season? Uh no, nah, man. I ended up uh, I ended up starting three games and then I broke my ankle. Broke your ankle, and then you bounce back from that. And so after you bounce back from uh, from your ankle, you know. Hold on a second, let me me switch off my uh, earpiece, man. Okay. All right, uh, fans, we're talking to former Mississippi State offensive lineman Richard Birch um, uh, out of Brandon High School. And he's on the from the dog's mouth with us talking about his journey to Mississippi State. Okay, so after you you, you back, Richard. Yeah. Okay, so after after you break your ankle, talk about your recovery and getting back on the field. Um, I'm gonna tell you that was that was a uh, that was a pretty tough tough thing for me, especially at a young age. You know, never really been on something like that before. And, uh, you know, it, it, it messed with your mind a lot, especially the fact that, you know, 
trying to get back out to the doors of them that you ultimately were doing to get in the position. You know, I ended up picking up with that, you know, with the wrong thing going on. Can you hear me with your mouth? Really? Kind of, kind of having a problem hearing you, Fred. Kind of having a problem hearing you, kind of low. Just pause it real quick, dear. Okay. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Front of Dollars Mouth with Richard Birch. Uh, before we had the technical difficulties, uh, we were talking about uh, Richard coming back from injury. So let's let's talk about how you came back from that injury and what was next for you on the football field. Oh, uh, well, yeah, when um, in the process of, uh, you know, rehab and coming back, which rehab was a little tough. It wasn't as, as tough as actually getting back on the field. And uh, that was that was the toughest part for me mentally because, uh, like I said, that was that was what I was doing when I when I actually injured, the, uh, injured my leg. And then, uh, you know, kind of the, the thought of just somebody hitting it again or not holding up like it used to or, you know, whatever the case may be. It was just all those things running through my head. And uh, it just got to a point where I just had to kind of uh, get over my fear of, of injuring it again and just trust that, uh, you know, the Lord hit me as best as possible and go ahead and get the job done. Because, I mean, that's what I was there for. Yes, indeed. Go ahead, Jeremiah. Okay. <clears throat> so, I guess you did come back from that injury. And I guess what a lot of people don't understand, you came back and you started at left tackle. I don't know. Were you playing left tackle your first year? Uh, my first year, uh, actually, they were they, they, they had placed me at right tackle. And uh, I ended up uh, I ended up switching to left tackle uh, – it was it was like after the season started, but like it wasn't, you know, it was it wasn't that I was initially playing left tackle when I got there. They, well, they, well, what I kind of wanted to lead to and kind of let the fans know some that made bit bit more football novices. Um, you played the left side, and I think who was it, David Thompson at the time played the right side. Uh, David Stewart. Yep. David Stewart. Excuse me. I guess I was trying to remember the name come to me, but um, he ended up playing in the league for a while. So I kind of just want to let people know just probably how. The fact that the left side of the line is normally the strongest line is normally going to play the left side unless the quarterback is up in. So right. just kind of to give people in, insight as to, you know, how strong of a, le- a player you were. But kind of just talk about the decision of the coaches kind of trusting you to put you on the left side instead of, you know, letting you learn on the right. Yeah. And um, as far as just uh, what exactly was going through their head or whatnot, I, I can only speculate. But uh, I know it was on, on the situation of uh, – we had uh, who was it? Uh, we had uh, I think his name was Carl Hutchinson, and his he had a uh, he had a, a ankle a ankle problem that he had been battling with, and then uh, of course we had David Stewart on the right side, and uh, which like you said he was he was a, a NFL caliber player, and so uh, my speculation was that. Paul was hurt, and David was pretty solidified on the other side. They, you know, decided to give me a chance over there on the, on the left side. And, uh, not to say a better way, so what have you, but it's kind of, I guess, the way the cards played out. That, that mm-hmm. Was that your true freshman season? Yeah, it was true freshman, yeah. So talk about how, 
I mean, were you did you feel you were prepared to step on the field as a true freshman? Because you know, I mean, you were pretty talented coming out of out of Brandon. You were a three star recruit. You had the size. You had the strength. You had the athletic ability. I mean, talk about what it felt like starting that first game as a true freshman. I mean, with the nerves you had. I mean, how did you feel? Did you give up your first set when you gave up your first set? Uh, if you did give up one. Uh, yeah, I, I don't recall giving up a sack my first game, uh, which it was, uh, it was against LSU when they had, uh, Marcus Spears and that <laughs> other guy that, uh, Swag. No, <laughs> 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 yeah, they, uh, Marcus Spears and, uh, I think dude's name was Hill or something that, uh, played for the Patriots and died on that jet ski. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, well, of course we know Marcus Spears. I'm trying to think. You said, you said his no, last I name was Hill? Spears. I can't remember Hill. I, I think his name was Hill. But anyway, that that was, you know, Spears was a big name, of course. And, mm-hmm. uh, which he didn't, he didn't primarily play on the side in front of me. The other guy did, which me personally, I think the other guy was better. But, uh, because he, he came over there. I got a little bit of him too. But, uh, as far as nerves go, like, yeah, I mean, you know, Pretty much any type of nerve that, that you get starting out something like that, with, especially in front of a large crowd and so many guys depending on you, it was uh it was kind of nerve wracking. But uh, it was just one of those things where it's like, all right, you, you know, you either got to come with it or you're gonna get sat out. And I I've never been the type to want to be, you know, put out the game or uh, sat down. So it's like more of a you know they say football. But ninety percent mental is like just get get your mind right and come on with. Mm. But uh, as far as like if I like was I ready, uh, I I I got ready fast because I mean the guys that uh the guys that we had we had uh Kamal Jackson and uh, <laughs> Khalil Nash and uh, Tommy Kelly and. Uh, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? A couple guys that uh, you know, made sure that the freshman felt the fact that, that uh, he was a freshman. You know what I'm saying? So it was uh, they helped me get ready pretty fast. But uh, yeah, it was one of them things, man. It was it was nerve wrecking, but just that's part of, that's part of the game, shaking it off and getting on with. I want to fast forward a bit. Of course, you know, playing as a freshman, starting a few games, then. You broke your ankle, but then you came back that second year and started at that left, on that left side. But then, of course, Coach Shiro, um resigned. So, yeah. like, talk about that transition from Cheryl to Chrome. Of course, in a sense, you were a Cheryl guy. You transitioned to being playing on the Chrome. And, I mean, I heard stories about when Chrome first came in and some of the stories of some of the stuff, the first team meeting, some of the things he said. Well, what was, like, your first impression of Chrome when he first came in? Um, it was a, uh, I guess a no hold bar, all about business type type situation. But, I mean, I, I mean, I, I expected, uh, you know, that he was, that he kind of had a big job on his hand to try to turn the program around, and then had big shoes to fill, of course, to you know, be behind Sheriff. So. 
it was one of them things where uh, I did expect them to kind of come in and, uh, you know, lay down the iron fist to an extent. But uh, he, he did a lot more than <laughs> – I'll say he did a lot more than I expected. But uh, it was it was understandable, especially, uh, you know, hindsight 2020, you know what I'm saying, and being older. Because uh, we did uh, – we did need to, uh, I guess you could say, kind of, we need to get our feedback abundance and get our understanding of what we were there for and, like, get the business for real. Because I, I think we did kind of allow that, that mentality to slip um, <clears throat> before, uh, before Cheryl got out of there. So would you say kind of like Coach Cheryl was more of a, Lenient coach than Coach Kroon? Uh, and that, that's the thing. I don't. I don't think. I wouldn't say he he was necessarily more lenient. I think it was more of a situation that uh, because you know he was dealing with that uh, he was dealing with some uh, with a the NCAA situation. Yeah, and uh, I think it was more that uh, he just he just didn't quite have that. That 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 fire and that spunk that he did in his earlier years is you know that I guess it might have taken a toll on him a little bit, but it wasn't the fact that uh it wasn't the fact that he he wasn't you know about his business or whatnot. It was just sometimes you know yeah, life kind of weighs you down a little bit. Yeah, they almost get the best of you sometimes. And I I think that was. That was probably that was probably a lot to deal with, and a whole football team of, of you know twenty one and under. Yeah. Let me touch on something else that happened around that time. You was at Mississippi State. Um, we normally don't touch on this on the pod, but I know I was talking to the guy the other day. Like we have all these Greeks that are come on, and I know Derek a frat, and then uh, Kendrick ain't on here today, but he's a frat. I want to talk about like first two two questions with it. Like how is that being a Greek? Like uh, trying to be online while being on the football team. Obviously, both of them take a lot of time. And then the second part of that question is why become a Sigma? As a lot of football players always end up becoming a Q dogs. So why become a Sigma? Offense to that statement. Has a history of Sigmas. Yeah, we do. As a matter of fact, one of the. Uh, one of the late greats, uh, Johnny Cooks, was back in the day, you know, all American, Mr. Mr. Mississippi State, or however you want to call it. But uh, as far as just uh, as far as just dealing with with uh, you know, being online and uh, playing football, man, that was that was a pretty rough time too, because uh, you know, you had a lot of uh, a lot of things that were expected of you from both angles, and. Uh, Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of them things where, uh, just like, just like, uh, just like, uh, with the starting, with the starting as a true freshman, it kind of just bite the bullet and, and do the best you can and pray that it all come out well at the end. But, uh, as far as, uh, as far as being a, a Sigma man over, uh, over an Omega, like, uh, you know, coming out of high school, honestly, mostly all, mostly what I heard about were Omegas. 
And uh, but it was one of those things where I don't, I didn't necessarily see myself uh, carrying myself like like they did. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes do you know what I'm saying? It's it's more of a uh, you know. I really, I'm not all out there and loud and you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it really fit my character. So it was one of those things where they kind of, they kind of ruled themselves out. No disrespect to them or, or whatnot, but it just, it wasn't necessarily uh, my cup of tea. That's right. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> Did they ever create like a robbery on the team? Of course, they had Willie Evans, who was cute dog. Did they ever create like a little robbery? Especially y'all, you got to go against them every day on practice. Every day in practice. Yeah. Uh, well, and that was, that was the thing. Me and, me and Willie, we were kind of competitive uh, anyway, because. Uh, you know, we actually played against each other in high school too, well, mm-hmm. with uh, Wayne County. And uh, when we beat them in Wayne County, they actually had the number one defense in the in the, uh, in the state at that time. And uh, so it, it's always just been a competitive thing as far as that. Anyway, we but uh, as far as bringing the fraternal fraternity stuff in, it, it wasn't it wasn't never really a big deal. I mean, he throw his sign up there and then I. <laughs> you know, they throw mine up, but you know, <laughs> was, uh, really try to keep it busy as far as getting better as individuals. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, of course, you know me. That's where I met you. You know, uh, doing doing when you were online. But we ain't gonna talk about that. What what they made y'all do? So we're gonna keep <laughs> that on the wraps, with, with, yeah. which involved me. Which y'all did here get my car out the mud. I was happy about that. Cause my truck got stuck in the mud. Uh-huh. And I'm thankful. That, Cause hey, you did a lot of heavy lifting that night, bro. Yeah, you know, you helped get my truck out the mud. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I man. Know, so, yeah. You're a little rough. So uh so <laughs> let's talk about, you know, you back you back playing. Um let's talk about your departure from Mississippi State. So mm-hmm. you had an off the field issue. Talk about, you know, how how that affected you as a football player. Uh, well, what, as far as uh, how it affected me, you know, it, different parts affected me different ways, man. To be honest with you, because. Uh, uh, first off, you know, I would do what I did because, you know, a lot of people want to think that, uh, you know, Richard Burke want to be a thug, want to be a drug dealer and all this other, you know, I read a couple of comments and different things of, uh, it, that was on the internet or whatnot, but truth be told, it was just a situation where, uh, you know, I needed some money because, uh, the guy I was uh, rooming with at the time, his his situation fell through after we had gotten an apartment. And uh, it ended up being a situation where my name was on the lease and uh, everything kind of fell back on me to make sure that the rent was paid. And so naively thinking that, uh, you know, It wasn't that, that big of a deal or whatnot. I, I did what I did. And uh, the hammer got dropped on me. And uh, it kind of it woke me up. And uh, I found myself in a situation where uh, 
know, a lot of people that uh, call themselves friends and associates didn't necessarily continue to be friends and associates. You know, it was uh, like it was a couple people I I, I see, and like I I be walking down and walking down the, uh, the sidewalk or whatnot, look me dead in my eye, and they you know turn around and go the other way like they don't want to be associated with. And uh, you know what I'm saying? It was then it was one of the things where, uh, of course, the the whole media thing, and uh, like it was shipped out that uh. Like that, that I want to say it was. I want to say they they picked me up on like a Monday, Tuesday night, and uh, I ended up trying to go back to class on a Thursday, which just so happened to be the day that the uh, the school newspaper issue had come out, and uh, I walk in the classroom, and uh, you know I was sitting at the back, wasn't and. Uh, I look across the classroom and all I see is like, there's like a sea of my face because everybody in the class just, you know, reading an article about me getting arrested or whatnot. And it was, uh, I, it was, it was, it was, uh, I guess a culture shock for lack of better words. Cause you know, I, like I said, I, 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 I consider myself really a loud person or, you know, attention-seeking person or whatnot, but then uh, to all of a sudden get that type of attention, uh, it kind of made it uh, it kind of made it a little rough on me as far as just being able to go go about my life or everyday life as like normal because of the fact that you know I I'm just the talk of the town now, so it's like you know. Did you think it was kind of compounded by the fact that I think around that time we had a couple other players that had some issues, kind of with some similar things. You know, you had Dapu, and then you had Nick Turner. And it's almost like you got lumped in with them, but based off some of the things I've heard, it ain't. It was a probably a little different because it seems like they might have had some more long-standing issues as far as with some of the stuff they, you know, had problems with. Yeah, well, um. You know, I never really thought of it like that as far as it being lumped in with them as far as, but I mean, I, yeah, true, they did have some issues going on around that same time. But uh, it was more or less, like I was just kind of in my own zone and, you know, trying to figure out my next step and how I'm going to keep pushing forward from, from, from there. Right. But, so uh, when you give an opportunity to potentially stay at Mississippi State, I mean, talk about the process, okay, you got what suspended from the team. Um, did you have a doorway to go back to Mississippi State before you decided to leave, or was the door say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna show you the door to no longer be a student athlete at Mississippi State"? Well, what they actually did was uh, the uh, dean of students called me to the office and was like, uh, "This uh, this uh, situation came up in front of us and." Uh, and you know, basically saying it was against school policy and different. Uh, they gave me an option to either quit school, like to drop out of, uh, withdraw from school, or to go in front of uh, the student judicial board. Which uh, the student judicial board would have been a gamble because the basically the way he told me was they could either they could do anything from make me write a letter of apology 
to expel me from school. So and, students are like a bunch of peers or would it be more like adults? From my understanding, it was a, it was a bunch of peers. Okay. So it is like a trial where you could speak your piece on what happened or why yeah, you told to make a decision you made. That was that was that was the way that it was told to me. Yeah, like basically, uh, they, I would uh go in front of the this the uh they call it student judicial board. I didn't even I didn't do too much research into it at the time or whatnot to be for sure what it was. But all I all I know is they gave me the option. They 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 let me know that it could range from writing a letter of apology to actually getting expelled from school, which, you know, you, you have to leave your previous school in what they call good standing, or you can't attend another school. So if you get expelled, that's, that's not considered leaving the previous school in good standing. So I ended up having to withdraw from school, which is why I ended up going to uh, Mississippi Valley. That's right. A lot, of, a lot of people, they, uh, they, that was some of the stuff out there too. Like, you know, you hear all type of things. People like, oh, he dropped out of school. He, he didn't want to be in school, no way. Like, nah, I'm actually dropping out of school to make sure that I can continue to go to school. Because, right. like I said, they they could have expelled me, and now I'm just stuck out in the water, not being able to go anywhere. So right. that's, that so, was that was the situation I was in at that point. Well, they like, stacked the deck on you, and you made the best decision for Richard. Yeah, most definitely. That's and all it is. Do you think my alma mater? I mean, you came to Valley, and you had a pretty good career at, uh, in green and white. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And I enjoyed myself all that. I appreciate them, folks. Do you think, like, people ever saw that, like, the real story on all that? Because, I mean, even at the time, it didn't seem like something that people that really know what it really was. It wasn't somewhere, like, you were some hardened criminal who, as you said, people try to make you out like you was a thug. And I think I interviewed you some years ago, and I was like, man, I was like, I don't get this. This doesn't really make a lot of sense. I was like, you don't come across like one of those because I've interviewed some guys that have had some issues. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I was like, but you know, when I talked to you, I was like, that didn't it didn't add up to me. I was right. like, I don't I don't get that vibe from you know what right. I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't really personally, me you knowing you personally, you know, so I was one of those guys, you know, regardless of you were my friend or not, you know, once I got to know you, I wasn't gonna be one of the people who was gonna turn his back on you. Cause when you was at Valley, I think I saw you there. And you know you you kind of ran down what happened, and I was I was happy that you was back playing football because in my mind you know yeah. what I'm saying you frat, all yeah. that matters is okay you hit a bump in the road you didn't let that stop you you made you made the best decision for you, and right. and the thing is when people listen to this interview, if anybody like the people who thought that you were a quitter, no you made the best decision for you you know what I'm saying right. you were able to continue playing football and continue being a student athlete. And, you know, now that people hear that, hey, you weren't just out just being no drug dealer. You was trying to survive, man. And even now, college athletes are still having um, issues surviving. So what is something you would like to see change with how, you know, student athletes are treated as far as the situation that you had to uh, incur? Because as a student athlete, you could not have a job. You couldn't work. So, right. right. Well, um, yeah, like uh, something that I would I would like to see change is, you know, a better situation for the guys. Like, 
I mean, pretty pretty much my job was football. So as far as uh, you know, how how I think guys should be treated as far as that's playing college ball, I I think they should get paid like, and a a, a pretty nice you know, a pretty nice uh salary or whatnot, or you know, hourly pay or however they how they uh, see fit to do it because, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't really have time for a job. And even if you do have time for a job, they don't allow you to have a job. Right. Because then you have to study. You yeah, have to then practice. You study, then you have to work. Stuff. When are you going to find time to eat and sleep? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's uh, one of the things where, uh, you know, they 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 try to say, well, you got a scholarship, but it's like, okay, what what is that? Like forty thousand uh, dollars over four years, I think it was around back then, maybe fifty. You know, so you're looking at you're looking at ten, twelve, twelve grand a year, and it's like, you know, I can make more than that working. To be honest with you, if you want to. You know, just try to say I, I got a scholarship. Well, I mean, how about I hang up my cleats, go get a job, and pay for my own school? If you want to just look at it like that. Exactly. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm providing entertainment. I'm also incurring injury and bodily harm, and then you know, expected to be the best or do my best. So, so what's what's wrong with actually compensating? Right. And, uh, and here's the thing: Had you been properly compensated legally, you wouldn't have had to, you know, take that route that you took just to survive. Right. I mean, if we could rewind and, and and have players paid, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you were a true freshman starter. You were good enough to start as a true freshman. So, mm-hmm. had that incident not happened, man, you could be you could have winning the league, man. I mean, you had the talent. You had the ability. Still there, Birch? All right. Uh, we're back with Richard Birch. Uh, go ahead, Richard. Um, but, yeah, um, basically, yeah, I mean, I – I think guys should get paid because uh, it's a situation where, you know, you want to live, you want to, uh, you want to have a college experience, you want to, uh, you know, you got, you got to get back and forth to school, and then, you know, you gotta, you gotta eat, different things, and I know they they give you a meal plan, but at the same time, like when I was there. Uh, the meal plan was uh, you get your dinner paid for, and then you had like maybe like fifteen dollars, ten fifteen dollars to uh, either eat breakfast with, eat lunch with, or try to split it, you know, in between. Then they give you like they give you like two, maybe like two hundred fifteen dollars a week. To where you had to, you had to. Uh, Pay for that, like if you use your, your meal plan money on the uh, on breakfast, you have to buy your own lunch. 
And then, uh, of course, uh, you had to pay for your food on the weekend. So, I mean, not saying that uh, you should necessarily, you know, ball out like a like an NFL player or whatnot. But you uh, you have to uh, putting your health on the line and giving it to all to represent the school. I, I think you should be compensated for it and, and be comfortable. And I, you know, for the people that don't like it, hey, you get out there and do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of speaking of the NFL, obviously you went to Valley, but you probably were a guy, at least from a talent perspective, that was on the radar for the NFL. Talk about it. And I've talked to other guys before when they tried to make that transition to the NFL and start going through, I guess, the combine process and the pro days and all that good stuff. So how was that process uh, – going through and knowing you had that kind of strike on you, what type of questions did you have to answer, you know, as you went through that process? Um, Daddy. What's up, bud? Don't look in the house. I'll be in there. Yeah. What's up? Run out. Family. Uh, yeah, give me, man. I'm a son. Okay, I'm Future Bulldog. Hey. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, um, of course, when the uh, when the scouts came around, they were uh, they were just trying to get a get a feel for uh, you know how the how the situation was gonna play out. Because you know, at that time, I was I was still uh, waiting to uh, to get sentenced, whatnot, and um, which I mean, I had to tell them I you know I don't know I didn't I, like I didn't I, I didn't really know. And uh, but uh, just tried to try to do my best to stay focused and uh, put my best foot forward in case I was able to play. And uh, which turned out uh, pretty pretty much shortly after my senior season at Valley, I, uh, I ended up having to you know, take that little vacation, but. Uh, after uh, after I got out, you know, I I trained a little bit and played uh played some arena ball and uh tried to get back ready to uh, to uh, get rolling or whatnot and uh, they wouldn't allow me to come uh, they wouldn't allow me to go to the pro day at uh, Mississippi State and. Uh, The uh, as far as his uh, pro day anywhere else, I really didn't uh, come in contact with one to uh, get the opportunity to try it again. So it was just one of those things where the, the flame just kind of fizzled on out. Played like three years of arena ball and uh, in football, Richard Burke. So Kind of speak to, like, I mean, just everything you're telling me. I mean, just listening to it myself. I'm a teacher now myself, so I kind of hate. Um, I kind of been charged with my first couple of years of my career. Kind of sometimes getting a kid who maybe wasn't that bad off to begin with. Might have got that strike on their record. Even some of them, even early as elementary, they kind of – somebody told them they did something wrong, so we have to get rid of you. Uh, kind of people kind of telling an improper narrative about you. Like, yes, you made that mistake, but what were you, 21 years old? And somebody obviously 
I don't know if you got any trouble before then or after then, but that's kind of like what people are going to see you as. So kind of just speak to that, like as far as people, I know you talked about it at the time, but kind of like after the fact, how people kind of just see you as that guy that had that off the field issue instead of, in a sense, Richard Burst, man. Yeah, um, you know, people, people, uh, people gravitate to uh, the narrative that the uh, that the media puts out there a lot of times, and and like uh, when it when it first hit the news, like in my in the Jackson Metro area, like it was on the news like every day for about two weeks. I remember, and you know. Uh, I actually had a news reporter comment one time. You know, I wasn't really uh, just people the game on, on uh, the the magnitude of the situation. I guess. And uh, they like, so uh, what you doing now? I'm like, you know, just a normal, you know, twenty year old answer. I'm, I'm chilling. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, on the news station, we, we talked to him today. He said he's just chilling, and it's like that's literally what they said. <laughs> that's exactly what they said. Yeah, on the, like on the news station, like as if you know, I I don't have any ambitions. I ain't trying to do anything. Or, you know, happy to just be at home chilling. You know, that's kind of how they how they painted the picture, but. Like, it, it taught me about uh, as far as just you know being aware of people and their motives, and then also projecting yourself in the best light. That uh, but at the same time, on the flip side of that coin, not really buying too much into what other people think, and because uh, they're gonna think what they're gonna think, and mm -hmm. really ain't much you can do. You know what I'm saying? Especially if uh, in a situation like that where you got the media pushing the narrative or whatnot. But uh, it was uh, it was just a, it was all a learning experience. And uh, basically a, a situation where I just, I just had to make sure I kept my, uh, kept my composure and you know, push forward the best way I knew how and not, not buy into that narrative that they were trying to paint me at. And, you know, people that really want to, they'll see for themselves whenever they get the chance. So, so have you been able to, I guess, kind of speaking like to that, have you been able to make kind of a connection back with Mississippi State? I know we had a player on our podcast a few months ago, Quinn Wesley. Um, I don't know. I guess he kind of came a little bit after the year after you did, or it would have been your senior year. Um, and obviously, he had off the field issues even before he ended up getting kicked off the team. But mm -hmm. he said he hadn't come back to the uh, he hadn't been hadn't been back on campus. I guess since as a matter of fact, he couldn't come back on campus. So, like, have you been able to make that connection back to Mississippi State? Of course, you got your frats and your Greek, but like, have you been able to make that connection back to the school? Been able to catch a game, anything like that? Uh. I've been to uh, I've been to a couple games. I not many. Uh, I've been to uh, a couple blue and white week weeks and uh, yeah, <laughs> miss those. Yeah, man. And uh, I was actually gonna go to the uh, 
was gonna try to make it to the Black Alumni uh, Week and Blue and White Week uh, this year because they were like uh, they were like back to back weeks. But uh, of course, we got this whole shutdown, lockdown thing going on. Right? That didn't quite happen. But uh, I mean, I I don't I don't I don't go like a uh, like some of the more faithful Bulldog fans, I guess you could say, but I I gone back a couple of times. But uh of course I I just try as I always try to fly up under the radar, man, 'cause uh I mean that's 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 pretty much how I move, you know what I'm saying? I don't, when you see me, you see me. <laughs> so Go ahead, Derek. I always want to talk about, so, like, you know, Mississippi State has always recruited Brandon. And, you know, this past season, uh, Mississippi State recruited uh, the starting quarterback for Brandon, uh, Will Rogers. So what do you think about, you know, his decision to go to Mississippi State? And then, of course, you know, our head coach uh, right now, Mike Leach, a coach of former Brandon Bulldog and uh, Garner Minshew. So just talk mm-hmm. about what you think about, you know, uh, other Brandon Bull. Bulldogs going to Mississippi State, and just your your knowledge of Minshew. Um, as far as uh, as far as uh, guys from Brandon going to uh, Mississippi State, I I think it's a good thing because I mean, as far as you know, like the fit of uh, the atmosphere up there, and uh, as far as dealing. Uh, the atmosphere and brand, they uh, they kind of a good match, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's a uh, it's a situation where you know that uh, you know that down home southern uh, environment, I guess you could say it uh. It it helps to make that transition, make make you feel kind of at home, or at least a home away from home. Um, but as far as uh, the actual quarterbacks, uh, really, I didn't get a chance to uh, get a chance to go to a winning match. Oh, can you? Hear me? There we go. We got you back now. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I was just saying, uh, as far as uh, getting an opportunity to go check out the uh, the guy last year, Brandon High School, I didn't even get a chance to uh, go down there, which I, I heard about the quarterback that, uh, you know, he's pretty good and he was going up there. So, I mean, I, I wish him the best or not, but as far as actually being able to uh, to chime in on, uh, you know, as far as how he, how he might be able to contribute or uh, or whatnot, I I can't really say, man, because uh, like I said, I didn't really get a chance to watch him for real, for real. But uh, uh, I like I said, I heard he's pretty decent, and uh, like I said, I wish him the best. So I know the other day we had Dale one on, and he kind of talked about. I mean, it was a fun interview, but he even, I mean, one of his more somber moments where he kind of talked about how football, you know. Kind of same, sounding similar to kind of some of the stuff you're saying that he don't sit down and analyze and he ain't criticizing that going on or anything like that because he feels like football took more away from him than gave to him. 
So do you are you somewhat similar to him with that where you feel like football? Because honestly, if you were just another student athlete, because you weren't the only one that got in trouble. I mean, I was on campus, you weren't the only one that got in trouble for that situation. I mean, obviously they get to go and live their lives. They don't have to be, you know, of course, fans go up to, oh, you're Richard Burks. I mean, I I hear and our fans can be. So do you feel like football maybe took more from you than um gave to you? Yeah, I definitely do. Cause uh You know, it, it puts you in the spotlight uh, and kind of require more of you than a, than a regular student, for one. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I got a scholarship, but like I was saying earlier, to be real with you, I mean, I, I could have got a job and, or, or did like other folks and got a loan and actually had time to, you know, enjoy college. Well not it was not not to say I didn't enjoy college, but you know what I'm saying? It was it was it was more about business because football took up a majority of the time that I was there. And uh and like I said it, injuries and different things, it was it, yeah, it 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 took a lot out of you, man. And, yeah, I, I can agree. It, it took more than a game. So, how was that kind of transition into, I guess, regular life as, or that time to get a job? So, I mean, obviously you had the strike on your record, but at the same time, just that overall transition from going to be a guy. I think Dale One spoke about how, you know, he was used to they give you your books, they give you this. You ain't never, you ain't never had to do a resume. He said he had, he would have to do stuff that other people been doing since they were 17, 18 years old or their whole life pretty much. And then now you're an adult and you got to get a job and then maybe you can got a mark on your record. So how is that trying to get a job or transition, really just getting away from ball? You ain't even got to focus on the, you know, having a strike on your record part, but having a transition to just being a regular person at that point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you got to, you got to really kind of be mentally tough, man. And, uh, uh, or at least have somebody there that's uh that's guiding you and kind of helping you along the way as uh, as far as like what to do, what to expect, and you know steps to kind of take, what to what to kind of look out for, or, you know what to do and how to do. Because just being real, like like you said, yeah, they give you books, they they help you. Uh, like they pretty much sign up, sign you up for classes. Like all you gotta do is you really gotta show up, and you know, you gotta you gotta be, you gotta do your work. Like you know what I'm saying? As far as that, all that talk about uh, you know, being given great. You know, you hear about that. I ain't, I ain't talking about that. And basically, they basically had it set up where, you know, they. Schedule out your time. They they get right You know, even with, as far as like uh, the uh, like like Pet Map financial aid or whatever that that, that you get uh, apart from the scholarship. Like we had a certain guy that dealt with that for us. You know, we had uh, we had probably help with like our academics and stuff as far as like. You know, making sure we, we took care of and you know, on top of the ball as far as doing that. But then, like, once you leave school, it's like, all right, 
now I got to do all that stuff myself. Or, you know, I got to have somebody in my corner that's going to make sure it get done. And uh, that's a that's a that's a that's a pretty tough transition, especially when like you know you never really had to do it before on you know, on your own. Uh, it was you know a little a little healthier. So it was it was just, yeah it's it it could, it could be a tough transition man, but uh like I said one of the things where you have to have your mind right. And uh, it, for for the for the uh, younger guys listening, that, like try to have a plan and mm-hmm. uh, just kind of learn from others' uh, mistakes and uh, successes, and uh, which I that's one thing I, I wish they would have prepared us more for mm-hmm. because that would have. I would have made it an easy transition, but uh, that that wasn't necessarily the case. Do you, uh, I know? Um, I don't know if you were paying. Uh, I'm not sure everybody knew about it. That's, um, but um, we had two players pass away in the off season. Uh, former players, Demarion Wilson and PJ Jones. Did you uh, catch that story? Those stories at the time? Uh, I heard about uh, Demarion, but TJ uh, guy. I like. I, to be honest with you, man, I, I, I try to stay off of, uh, I try to stay away, I don't to stay away from sports. I don't have time mm-hmm. uh, to be on sports and stuff because, uh, you know, I'm working and then uh been trying to expand my knowledge, personal knowledge on, you know, when I got time inside there, I got kids and a wife, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's just. I, I kiss sports fans a lot, but uh, like I said, I, I did hear about the ring. But who's the other guy you said? TJ? It's PJ Jones. He played detail for Mississippi State um, a couple I years ago. I, yeah, I, 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 I guess kind of what I was kind of getting to is more, I mean, kind of listening to what you're saying. It's kind of how tough it is for the guys. I mean, they end up creating a program for former athletes to kind of, you know, help them with that transition at Mississippi State. So mm-hmm. do you think something like that kind of was long overdue? Obviously, but you know that transition you had to go through. Do you think that was something that was long overdue? Putting oh, up, put yeah. a program in place. Definitely, man. Definitely, because um, I mean, you you still got to realize you dealing with you you still dealing with kids. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And, uh, like so much is expected of kids, and you know, and a lot of times, really, the only reason they even meet those expectations a lot of times because they got so many people behind the scenes making sure that these kids stay in line. So it's like, and then on top of that, like a majority of uh, your football career, like you focus on football and trying to make it great. And like you really kind of lose sight of all right, what, what comes next after, after football or after college, you know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, I think, I think that that's, that's long overdue because uh, I know me personally, it, I didn't even, like, after college, what? I, I wasn't even really considering, like, what was after college. To be real with you, I didn't even, mm-hmm. I didn't realize, like, I, I had a quote-unquote NFL potential until I had gotten in trouble and people, you know, telling me that how much I messed up. It's like, okay. <laughs> 
didn't know that. Because, you know what I'm saying? I, I just focused on doing me. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I made the practice, made sure I made that block, make sure I made that early. Try to give me a little sleep in between. You know, all time, all time shenanigans. But, uh, you know, it is, I mean, I, with, with so much going on, man, it's, it's, it can slip through the cracks as far as being focused and prepared on the next step. And I think, yeah, it's, it's long overdue for them to, uh, you know, bring that into focus. I mean, you do have that that has to continue after football, but you make it to the league and not. All right, so I mean, you have a son that you're raising now, and what do you like hope that the next athlete? I mean, obviously you a guy that maybe had an opportunity to go to the NFL and maybe even have a successful career. What would you like maybe to opportunity of a young athlete? We do have a lot of athletes that do a lot of young athletes that listen to the podcast. What would you like to tell them to kind of hope that they will learn from your story? Um, as far as you know, you made mistakes just like all of us have, but what do you hope that they can learn from your story? Oh, be patient, man. You know, don't try to live too fast. Cause, uh, you know, they, they they talk about patience being a virtue, and you know what I'm saying. Like, be patient and let that let that block develop. And, you know what I'm saying, all that stuff. But like, is 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 true in life. Like, and not saying to, to not you know go get a, a surgery. You know what I'm saying aggressive when it counts, but like don't don't uh don't don't necessarily try to push the envelope in uh unnecessary situations. Like like I me personally I didn't have to move into an apartment. I could have stayed in the dorm, you know, all four years of my life, but I mean of my uh, college career, but I wanted to, you know, get out and do my thing. And necessarily then push the envelope when that wasn't even really necessary because you know I was there to I was there to you know go to school and play ball, in which you don't need a part of that. But you know I had other things on my mind like partying and you know other unmentionables. But uh, <laughs> you know. <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, like, you know what I'm saying, just be patient and stay focused on what you're there for and what you're trying to do. And uh and uh have a have a have a uh a end game or plan B. Like it's you know that uh, you know, football ain't gonna always last. Like I say, even if you do go to the league, like nobody plays forever. You know what I'm saying? Like understand that you're going to need something to fall back on. And because, you know what I'm saying, most, most, most people don't make it to the league. And then the ones that do make it to the league, they got a, you know, they got a whole different ball game to worry about as far as, you know, making sure they hold on to their money. So Definitely. There's one of them things where have a, have a plan. 
Like just don't don't just go through life, you know, thinking that football is it or partying is it because it ain't. College ain't before five years as if you register. So if you plan on living a long life, man, live your life accordingly. Like 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 you're going to live past college. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like don't don't just take college yet. Or don't don't go through life, I guess, not realize that college is not you. I guess that's better to say. Right, man. And like I say, I, I've learned so much from this interview, you know, with me knowing you personally and then just listen to the advice you're giving. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you really embarking some words of wisdom. Um, so, you know, for those of you who listen to this show, uh, listen to the words uh, that Richard Birch is saying. You know, he's really, really giving some wisdom, some, some life lessons um, to learn from. So, you know, we thank you, Frat, uh, for agreeing to uh, be on the show. We'll definitely have to get you back on. Hopefully, you know, you know just to, you know, shoot, shoot it and uh, talk football with us again. Uh, but before we get out of here, I got a question, man, because we ain't heard no funny stories. Man, tell us three funny stories that you can tell us from your playing career at Mississippi State. I need, I need at least three. I'm not a I'm that guy that can try to tell a joke and it'd be the funniest joke in the world and I tell a joke and do like crickets, you know what I'm mean? saying? So I I don't know, man. Uh, I just uh find a joke. Find a joke. Uh find a time. I don't know, man, you kinda caught me on that one. <laughs> well, right, so I'm gonna ask you just three, there's, there's some stories about behind the scenes uh, with your teammates and practice and games. You know, you know, just you know, tell us some football stories. Well, I got some specific, Derek. I want to ask about. Did Chrome okay. really say that he was gonna package some guys on up up out of there? That he was gonna. He said that I heard Chrome said that some of y'all came in on package deals. And I'm gonna pack it some of y'all up bleach some out of here. That's what I heard. <laughs> uh, as far as the like I I uh I don't remember exactly known uh he didn't have a problem with and do much. Aiming towards getting a bad season. Uh, we, 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 had, we didn't have we didn't have that necessary business to check to be checked. And that's it really. You know what I mean? Like we put a lot, we do around a lot and like I personally I uh oh, we lost him again. All right, we're back with Richard Birch, and he was uh, sharing some bulldog stories. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like we uh, like for instance, the <laughs> uh, one of the things we used to do, like we'd be in the locker room and uh. 
you know, like after practice, everybody getting their showers or whatnot. And uh, like one of the coaches might come in there, he might need to say something to one of the players or something. It was really holler. Dick watcher, dick watcher, dick watcher, dick watcher. I don't know. Can I say that on it? Uh, I didn't see it at night. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that, was like, that, was, that was one of the things that used to trip me out. It, it was funny because, you know, it was like that was our way of kind of controlling the coaches on invading our privacy or whatnot. But uh, at the same time, it was one of them things where, like, you know, he probably had some uh, some some very serious information that he needed to tell somebody. Otherwise, why he want to come in the room full of me and Nicky? You know what I mean? That one in the shower with me. But uh, <laughs> here we are, you know, Basically calling, you know, they calling the man outside his name. But I say we, I ain't never do that shit. So <laughs> you ever get a chance to go up against their one one on one? Uh yeah. You know, we we went again, we were here, uh we were here up a couple times. And uh pancake. Nah, I ain't pancakes. Nah. Nah, I ain't pancakes. To be real, man, I I uh I never really try to pancake my teammates. You know what I'm mean? saying? Like oh, you ain't no Sean Taylor. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I get my job done and really truthfully. If you ever get a chance to just watch me on the field, like once I block you, I try to get on down the field and say, well, you know, the block if necessary. You know what I'm saying? Like I, once I get you out of the way, you really a non-factor. So it's like I, I'm on to the next one. Maybe give me a good for a safety though. Looking for a safety to beat up yeah. on. Yeah. Now you think the pancake block is probably kind of an overrated kind of thing? I mean, I know it looked good on film when you. Yeah, I think I think it really is overrated. I do. Oh. <laughs> That's the only stellar offensive lineman has, except for jumping yeah, outside. True, but like you also think about it that like if you downfield and make a, a block that spring back for another five, ten, fifteen yards, like. They see that, you know what I'm saying? Well, as a matter of fact, a pancake, you know what I'm saying? A pancake, I, I see you laying on the ground like that because I've been watching the ball ride. You know, right. you know they, they thought us to, you know, get out of the field and go ahead and try to because the, the play ain't over. You know what I'm saying? And so that was one of the things where I just try to go ahead and get it. But, uh, now, high school is like, you know, that's one of my, that one of my things. They try to get a pancake. Just on a, on an understanding of effectiveness and trying to get to the next level. It was more of a being being efficient. Don't don't kill your time on this dude that's five, ten yards behind the ball. You get what I'm saying? Like, the ball already hit the hole and he already ten yards down there. He could use your help blocking again, as opposed to you trying to necessarily punish this dude as a non-factor. So, 
That was that was my mind. I know that ain't always fun. I just say I ain't no, I ain't no real uh, comedian or whatnot. But uh, <laughs> so can you confirm what Dillon said that the offense was soft at that time? <laughs> I, 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 that's the thing. Like I, as far as just soft, I wouldn't necessarily say soft, but uh, they were they were injured. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we had, uh, we, had uh, we had knee problems, and then uh, then uh, Brad, uh, what is his name? Brad, he uh, he had shoulder problems, pinched nerve, and then uh, so basically just football. Ah. But basically, just football injuries. Some of that, but uh, like Brad actually had to stop playing because they pinched him on his shoulder. They told him that uh, you know, if he kept on playing, he wasn't gonna be able to pitch kids Like that's how bad he got. And uh, but I mean, yeah, I guess you could say something come with it. I mean, I can't really say how serious it was for them versus how how serious it would have been for me. But uh, yeah, that was that was that was kind of the synopsis, man. We we had a lot of injuries. But yes, indeed. Well, Mom, thank you for yeah, coming on from the dog. Uh, uh, you have any parting questions for Richard? No, man. I just want to thank you for coming on. Um, I mean, I really appreciate how you were willing to come on and just talk about, I mean, a lot of people don't like getting into their past or anything which you consider negative. Um, I appreciate you kind of telling that story because I think there's some young athletes and just people in general that need that. It ain't just athletes um, that need to hear that, you know, especially personally being honest about it and just, because um, I think people need to fully understand from all angles, uh, everything that go into it, obviously the decision-making process, but, you know, the decisions you have to make, you have to decide whether or not you know, you're going to go before a student council and all of this after you make this mistake and how, you know, that mistake, you know, possibly mess up your pro career. But at the same time, you got a family now, you live. So I think, you know, I, I thank you for coming on and giving us the opportunity to show that, you know, you are kind of living your life and, you know, you didn't let that define you. Man, you're doing more than just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Fred. We're going to have to chop it up, Ma. We got a lot of catching up to do. Most definitely, man. Most definitely. Right. Hit right, me up. Go ahead and close this out. All right. All right. So, fans, um, you just listened to From the Dog's Mouth, Richard Birch, former Bulldog. He played his first three years at Mississippi State, played at Mississippi Valley State. Um, he told a great story as far as just his career at Mississippi State, the challenges that come along with being an athlete, and then just how you just kind of – not necessarily recover, but how you kind of push past after you have something that most would think would define you and kind of, you know, that's what people see you as. He kind of, he's living his life now. Um, so I just want to thank y'all for listening to this. Um, uh, if you like the podcast, subscribe, click, whatever, comment, please comment. comment, like, like on YouTube. And um, it'll be available on Spotify and different platforms as well. So um, I just thank y'all for listening to this. And um, I think it's an interview that this is outside of maybe one comment, <laughs> that y'all can um, <laughs> uh, have your kids listen to and maybe some uh, some young athletes can listen to and learn from. All right. Peace All right. out, Mark.
All right. Bye.